to the Lord before we open his word. Dear Father in heaven, it's with anticipation and with joy that we come before thee, knowing that thy word is powerful and is alive, is restorative. We serve an amazing, wonderful God who we cannot see with our physical eyes, but we believe and we see the workings of around us and within us. We know that thou dost communicate with us on so many different levels, dear Father, and it is now through thy Holy Spirit we want to listen to the particular special word that each one needs this afternoon hour. Please divide it to us, dear Father. We, we desperately need this, uh, another morsel from that table, that rich table, uh, the Father's table that he gives good gifts from to his children. Dear Father, we pray for those we've uh, heard of already uh, today, those that are suffering with COVID, that are in hospital, those that are suffering with long-term illnesses for a long time now. We pray for them, for their healing. Pray for their courage and for their strength. Help them to keep their eyes on the prize, who is thine own self, being forevermore with thee. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. like to turn for this afternoon's meditation to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. This is part of the, a chapter in the story of Joseph, who this uh, book of Genesis devotes the most time to, apparently. He has the most... Uh, Chapter 39 of Genesis. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hand, hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass, from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And it came to pass about this time 
that Joseph went into the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass, as I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me and fled out. And it came to pass, when his master heard the words of his wife, which he spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him, and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph, and showed him mercy, and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. I read to the end of chapter 23, the book of Genesis. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We have here another chapter in the story of Joseph, the amazing story of Joseph, and this is a a long-ago account, it's a true account, as every account is in the Bible. But it's a thousands and thousands of years old, this account, and yet it's, it's fresh, it's alive. It's a real person who experienced real things. It's a real person who told this story of what happened to him, to, to his family, to those that followed him, and then they recorded it, wrote it down. If you know some of the story of this family, it's a... Um, very intimate details of these 12 sons of, of, of Jacob, the whole clan. And if you flip back a number of chapters, I think it's chapter 32, in the, the name, or 31 maybe, the name battle between Leah and Rachel, you get a sense of just the dynamics of this family. What a... What a I mean, words fail me to describe. And you have to read through it and get a sense of the, of the account back in chapter 30 of, of, of Genesis of, of, first of all, how the whole thing started, that Jacob saw Rachel and he liked her and he, he desired her. And Laban, her father, promised her to him and then did a, a real trick on him on his wedding night. And he gave her Leah instead of Rachel. And that was the start of this. And... and you know, even from a, if you, if you know the story back going further, how Jacob got his start, what he did to his brother, the trickery that he and, and uh, Rebecca uh, concocted to, to steal the birthright, uh, the blessing, I should say. And he seems to be getting his desserts now too, but 
when you read the whole story, when you see the promises of Abraham all the way through the generation after generation, you see this is God's plan, God's working. And now even when we get to chapter 39, in such a, um, a horrible injustice that's done to, to Joseph, again, God's plan is at work. And this is uh, just such an example of, of God's working in the individual lives of people for the greater good, for bigger purposes. And it's something we can take for ourselves today. But going back to this name battle or name war, it seems to be, as, as each child was born in this family, as, as Leah had a child, uh, she thought, now this is going to, to uh, solve uh, the problem of, of Jacob not really loving me. You know, he likes Rachel, but he doesn't like uh, um, me. And, and um, Well, the first child was named Reuben, and, 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 and with each child, it gives an explanation for the name of the child. Reuben, and Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. How sad. And you think that's the reason that she named the child. Simeon, another one. Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And I don't know all the Hebrew, but apparently the, these Hebrew names, that the significance of them, not only are they, literally they sound like these things uh, that, that she's describing. Um, and finally they go on, and, and finally Rachel, who was barren, who, whose womb was shut up, she finally has a son, and then she names him Joseph. And the, and the, the name I just found interesting when reflecting on these current events here that we just read about. Um, sorry, can't quite find it. Here we go. Verse 22 in chapter 30. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. So if, I, if I'm correct, Joseph means uh, add, add to me. And it sounds like also taken away. So interesting. Those two things. And you think about now this account. Joseph's name that sounds like taken away has new significance as to his family as he's gone, as he's taken away, as he's no longer with them. And every time they mentioned his name, it probably didn't, his brothers certainly didn't mention his name, but his, when his father, who loved him greatly, thought on his name, he probably thought with a pang, he's been taken away from me. And yet, God's purpose in all of this, God's greater purpose, was to add was to preserve, was to save, was to add many sons. And, and this is why it's often being said, and it's true the more I think about it, Joseph is a type of Christ. He is, he is a reflection, a, an image, a, a precursor of Christ. In so many ways, there's so many different parallels, how he's betrayed by his brethren, how he in the end is the, is the author of their salvation, the one who God uses to save that whole tribe, the one that they rejected, that they that they put from them and now he is the means i was thinking hebrews 2 where it says it, it it 
became him by whom are all things and for whom are all things, talking about God, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation, that's Jesus Christ, perfect through sufferings. And that's what I see in this chapter here, is Joseph being made perfect through sufferings. Through the things that he went through, the, the, the experiences that he experienced. Do you realize the timeline here that we're talking about in his own personal life? This was not a short series of events. It actually gives his age when he was sold, or when he, at the start of, before he was sold, when he went down to his brothers. Uh, beginning of chapter 37, Joseph being 17, year old, 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. So he was 17, and by the time that he was made, um, that Pharaoh promoted him, he was 30, I believe. I think it says it somewhere here. So, 17 to 30. 17 years old, taken down to Egypt. How many years was he in prison? Probably two years in prison. If I'm doing my math right, that's 11 years in Potiphar's house. 11 years. You think, sufferings. Yeah, God was with him. Everything went well. It was all nice. How many times during those years did Joseph wonder, what is this all the purpose for? Where is this all? What's going to become of me? What about my father's house? When will I ever not be a slave? Will I die a slave? What's the... What's the meaning and the purpose of all this? That's suffering. And I think even if we're not actively sometimes going through some hard, difficult trial, illness or whatever, just those questions is a form of suffering, a form of, of testing, a form of being made perfect through sufferings for ourselves too, as we wonder, what is the purpose of all this? I cannot see the end. Why is God allowing this to happen? 11 years was a long time. And yet, through all of that, Joseph, knowing that God was with him, seeing that, believing it, trusting it. What an example. Joseph being diligent in the things that he was given to do. Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. Joseph doing what was set before him, doing it well, doing it to the best of his ability, probably getting up early, working hard, knowing that it was for the Lord. Joseph being made perfect through sufferings. Joseph responding in the right way to temptation. Joseph being made perfect through sufferings. And this was no light affliction. This was no um, momentary things it, uh, with, with Potiphar's wife. It was a day-by-day -day thing. And he, it says... Um, well, scripture never notes things just for no purpose. It says he was a, he was a well favored. He was a good Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. He was good looking. And like anything that God gives us, that can be a source of temptation, a source of of, of a beachhead for the devil, or a means and a purpose to honor God with everything that He's given us physical, mental, whatever it is. It can be used by the devil if we will let it, or it can be to God's honor and glory. And this, Joseph, shows how even his physical appearance, which was an avenue of temptation where Potiphar's wife was attracted to him, 
he used that to God's honor and glory in an amazing way. <laughs> you think, an amazing way. What, what result happened from this? He was put in prison. He did really what is the best and the wisest thing to do in the face of this kind of temptation is to flee, is to run, is to get him out. He got himself out. You know, that, that wording there is, uh, there's no coincidence about that either. Is that the scripture says, I think in 1 Corinthians 10, God makes a way of escape. He sets that way of escape before it, but we still have to take it. We have to get ourselves out. We can't expect that God's just going to remove the temptation. He's opened that window of escape. He's given us the grace and understanding to realize this is a temptation. As Joseph clearly did, he said, this is a sin. This is a great sin against God, what you are tempting me to do. And then he realized his way of escape at that moment was the door, was to run. Left basically probably in his undergarments. This is also being made perfect through sufferings. Another thing I note about Joseph here in this is that he does not give in to despair in all of this. You read, if you keep going in the passage here, the, it's, it's heart-rending. The description, when, when Joseph asks the butler to remember him, after, after the, the news came that the butler was being restored to his position. He, well, no, I guess he knew before that. He already knew uh, because of the interpretation of the dream what God would do to the butler. Here, verse 14 of chapter 40, he says to the butler, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. If anyone has a chance, an opportunity, a temptation to despair and think, all of this has been done totally unfairly. I've been betrayed by my, by my brothers. I've been betrayed by my employer. And I've only done good. I've only done the thing that is right. And yet here I am. He had that opportunity to give in to despair, to think it's, what's the worth? What's the, what's the use of, of all this? But he didn't. Still in the prison, <laughs> he showed that faithfulness, that trust. He was still being made perfect through sufferings. I think this is an example for me. And, and lest we think this is a sort of a thing just for us, um, not um, that God doesn't really um, participate in this, Hebrews again comes back to mind, that, that passage in Hebrews that talks about Christ learning obedience. And again, I see that pattern here in Joseph. Hebrews 5. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, the temptation, the trial was very real unto Christ unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. His prayers were heard by God. Joseph's prayers were heard all those 11, 13 long years. They were heard by God. Though he were a son, and he was son, capital S, son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. 
and being made perfect. Stop there for a moment. Christ being made perfect? Was he not perfect and complete in all eternity past with God? He certainly was, always was, is, and always will be God. But this suffering, this, this time and trial on earth was a means to make Christ complete as our high priest. There was no other way that he could be that full high priest than by going through what he experienced here below, suffering exactly what we suffered, enduring all the temptations and the trials that we endure and never giving in to them. There was no other way that he could be that perfect high priest, that perfect sacrifice, than by going through that. And in that sense, he, through this suffering, has been made perfect and complete. You know, in, in some ways, in the same sense, you and I, as Christians, we don't go through suffering to make us more acceptable to God or, or somehow earn our salvation. It is to make us more complete, to make us understand more completely just who God is and what he's doing, his purposes, so that we see the big picture at the end of it all, so that Joseph can say to his brothers, God meant it for good. God was working this all along. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. That is why we go through this. The trials, the things that we're going through, the, the, the sufferings, so that we can be made perfect too. Not so that we can get more, uh, we can earn our salvation or get more brownie points. No. So we can become complete and we can see all of what God has done and is doing. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. This is Joseph. This is his story. He had to go through all of this in order to save his brothers, as he tells them at the end. God meant it for salvation. This is the God that we serve. This is the powerful, almighty God that is in control of your circumstances and is allowing what happens to you to come upon you for your perfection, for his glory and for your perfection. My brother and sister, I pray you would you see that um, and that uh, you would persevere in that that you would uh, trust the Lord to, to know that he's with you in all of this and he is making you perfect through it. My friend, outside of Christ, I don't think you can understand this without first coming to Christ and believing and accepting him. Otherwise, your suffering is just misery. It's just self-inflicted pain. May the Lord bless this uh, word, this short word, and, and uh, this that's all that he's laid on my heart at this time. Would a brother please find him? As I alluded to the beginning, at the beginning, um, and I haven't checked it myself, but I think it's true, Joseph, the character of Joseph, his story um, receives the most real estate in the, in the, in the book of Genesis, the, the, the most chapters. And you kind of wonder why that is. But then you look at the big picture. You look at the promises to Abraham, to I, through to Isaac, through to Jacob, then you look at Jacob's sons, the first sons, with Reuben. Reuben was guilty of incest. Levi and Simeon, that event with their sister Dinah, I think it was, where their, their father condemned them for their cruelty and their, 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 um, to the, the Shechemites and said, you've made me to stink in the, in the nostrils of the people. Uh, after him, the, the chapter before this, Judah, a sorry, sorry tale. If you think this, this one is a difficult one to read, read the chapter before uh, with him and his daughter-in-law. What a litany of failure. Son after son, 
It took Joseph being willing to go through this, to redeem, to keep that promise as God was made that promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the promise that comes now to all of us. It went through Joseph. It went through his obedience. So you and I today have that choice too, whether we're going to be obedient to that, whether we're going to give in to temptation and, and go the way of the world and, and, uh, and end up as, as, as flameouts, as failures, or submit to that perfection and that suffering that God has ordained for us so that he could, through us, work redemption for others. We could be a testimony. We could bring others. We could bring many sons to glory as we are little Christs ourselves. May the Lord bless this word, the word that we heard this morning, the convicting word about judging and, and, and the spirit of judgment and, and, and truly understanding things from the Father's perspective and his heart. May he encourage us this afternoon through the story of Joseph and his faithfulness in a country where he was the only one, it seems, just a, an island, and yet he was, the Lord was with him. May the Lord be with you this week. This concludes our service.